hit start on this. And then you want to go ahead and just so I can test your mic, just say whatever. Talk to 10. Talk to 10. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, cool. We're just here. We're, we're going to be going live on the radio. It's going to be awesome. It's going to chop it up for a little bit. Shoot it up. All right, cool. Looks good. I, um, yeah, I was just listening to the Vorjak Serenade just because I was like, good, good piece, good music. It's so good, man. It's so good. I love that piece too because it's just, I don't know, it's just such nice melodies, you know? It's so, it's just so nice. You know, also another thing that just brought me back because I know I was like, oh, I'm interviewing Tommy and I was like, I want to listen to Dvorak because it reminded me of um, of your recital. And like, that uh, was just kind yeah. of like, I don't know, I feel like that was just such a, yeah, I would definitely say it was a big highlight. And just because it's something I always think back to, I was like, why was that such a successful, hmm, would I call it a, just a successful week of just like coming together with friends and making music and just like not caring about anything else. Like how, like, how did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. It's a good question. It it's, that's what it literally felt like. Like I just hit up all the homies, like all the people who, you know, I kind of enjoy being around and who've always been like supportive and cool. And and everyone was so supportive, you know, and yeah, it was just a good time, dude. It literally felt like a, a community, you know. Do you like think that? <laughs> do you think that after that, um, after that, like, uh, I mean, because it was basically like an ad hoc, right? It was like an ad hoc performance for your um, for your conducting videos. Do you think that was kind of like after that you're like, yeah, conducting is kind of what I want to do, or were you kind of just like, I don't know, horns still pretty cool too, and like orchestra auditions are coming up and things like that. Man, it was interesting because um, I've always kind of been interested in conducting, you know, ever since um, high school when I was kind of put in that position to be the drum major of the marching band or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, dang, this is, this is a lot of fun kind of being on this side of it and, um, you know, continuing to study conducting at USC. And then um, Haithcock kind of approached me and said, yeah, we have this. Unsworth said that you were interested in conducting. You did some conducting at USC. Would you be interested in being like a cognate in my seminar? I was like, oh, uh-huh. like definitely. And so getting even more, you know, studying it on a deeper level, I was like, wow, this is really, I'm really interested in this for sure. Right. And, and you uh, were doing, and you were, con- and you had prior conducting experience, right? Like you did some conducting back in undergrad, right? Yeah, a little bit. So. <laughs> At USC, it was pretty cool, actually. My horn professor, she had twice a year, everyone in the studio do horn arrangements for horn choir. Um, We'd have to do a holiday arrangement, and then we'd have to do a pop tune arrangement. And then you'd have to go up and conduct your arrangement for the horn choir. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, Do you remember what your uh, pop tune arrangement was? Oh, for sure. Let's see. (laughs) What did I do? I did... um, I would always kind of go all out. I did like for the holiday ones, I always did like a, a mashup of different ones. You know, I know I did like a Feliz Navidad <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of mashup. And then um, for the pop songs, I know I did, what was it? 
What did I do? I think I did pumped up kicks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, something funny like that. Um, yeah. Oh, dude, all about the bass. You know, hey. Yeah. So that was cool. But um, yeah, so that's kind of where I guess my horn teacher at USC talked to Unsworth. I was like, uh-huh. yeah, by the way, this student coming in, he's likes to do conducting. So if you ever need him for any horn choir stuff or anything like that, like put him to use. And then I yeah. guess he talked to Haithcock and it all, it all kind of worked out that way. Wow. wow. So then going into, so then going into that, was this the year before, um, I can't remember. So we had the ad hoc recital and then was that the same year that you had also been still playing with your woodwind quintet and traveling or was that before? Oh, let's see. That was before. That was before. That was my first year. Okay. So you had already come back from, so Haithcock, Unsworth kind of got you in. You started um, shadowing the the band seminar and also orchestra, right, as well? Yeah. So the orchestra, I I was in the orchestra seminar both years and Ah, I just played horn. So I was never actually conducting there. I was just kind of watching from the sidelines, you know, knowing that, knowing that I was interested in this. How yeah. is that compared to, cause like, cause when, like, for example, like your ad hoc performance, you were leading an orchestra, but you were doing most of your ad hoc training, I guess, for conducting with band, but you were playing in, how was there any, like, was there anything in that or like any realizations that came through kind of going back and forth between those two worlds of kind of orchestral conducting and band conducting and also being in the seminar and also kind of being, being an instrumentalist in the seminar and also being a conductor in the seminar. Oh, for sure, dude. I mean, it was cool that I had that experience. Like I got to be a player in one seminar and then the conductor in the other one. So having both perspectives back to back four hours of literally just conducting seminar. (laughs) Uh, So it was, that was really interesting perspective. And yeah, I remember there were a few times I'd go from, you know, Ken's seminar to Haithcock's and Haithcock would be like, Oh, (laughs) I see where that move came from. (laughs) 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 Kind of like that. So it was, it was always kind of tough to balance because, you know, they both kind of have different um, teaching styles and they teach different Sure. techniques and so it was always kind of hard to sort of balance that um going back and forth and yeah i i wanted to lean towards orchestra just because i love the strings uh you know yeah. I, I don't know much about strings still to this day i can always you know learn more about them but i just loved that string sound mm-hmm. you know and i'd always be listening to orchestra music more than band music so I, that's kind of the route i wanted to go and do but, you think um, that what kind of led you towards, um, and then even that additional study of, because um, then you spend some time in Europe studying studying for like a few weeks, right? Yeah, dude, that's really funny, actually, because <laughs> my first year, I knew coming in, I'm like, okay, I'm getting my master's degree. We don't have a lot of credits. I'm going to like do as much conducting studying as I can. Yeah. Um, so I knew kind of going in, I wanted to be better at this. I didn't know it was a path I wanted to pursue, but I knew I I want to be better at this. Maybe I can do both somehow. Um, Cause you know, there are uh, people out there like Steve Piazza, who was kind of the guy I wanted to be. He'd play bass clarinet in the LA opera and then he'd conduct a community bands, the LA wins. Mm. 
So he'd kind of have both of those jobs. And I was like, dang, that is the goal right there. I want to be able to do both. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. So my first year I took a class with Oriole. I was like, all right, we have, I have all these credits I can fill up my schedule with. I'm going to take conducting classes. So I went in with Oriole is like graduate conducting class. There were only three of us my first semester. And then my second semester I did, took a class with Snyder. It was like the next class to take. And from there I was like, okay, I kind of want to go all in on this. I'm going to sign up for this um, festival with, you know, Ratcliffe and, and Schleicher. Right. Right. Um, Livingston at USC tried to get me to do that when oh, I was there. Larry Livingston. Yeah. I've worked with him before. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Really funny. Dude, that's who kind of made me really want to go all in because my last, wow. my senior year, I like begged him to take me into his graduate conducting class. Like, please, like. Oh, this is when you were this. applying to grad school to like, uh, is, okay. Right. Yeah. I was like, please let me take your class. And he's like, all right, like send me a video or whatever. He's like, okay, you can join the graduate class or whatever. So I was the only right. gr- undergrad in that class. I had to like beg for it. Right. And, and I, lo- um, <laughs> I love how you mentioned how like coming in or like leaving undergrad and then coming into grad school, you immediately knew you were like, all right, like I'm doing, like, I want to do more than just play the horn because I feel like that was also the same way for me. Um, I didn't realize it maybe till like a year after I got to Michigan, but it was the same thing. I was like, you got to be able to do more than just, play notes. And I love how you obviously realize that through conducting and all. And also I like how you mentioned community band. You obviously lean towards something that's like community driven and something that's kind of making um, an impact. So I love that. Um, 100% man, 100%. Like I was lucky enough to have a horn professor in undergrad who told the studio often in like studio class, like you guys better figure out multiple income streams. Right. You know, that's why she gave us this arranging project. We had to do recording projects, all kinds mm-hmm. of different projects. She's like, you need to have multiple income streams in this field. Like, yeah, there are not enough orchestra jobs for all of you. Sorry. Like, <laughs> it's true. Figure it's it out. Figure it out. It's you can super do, true. Yeah. And speaking of <laughs> just jumping forward or not, we can go back, but like, just you brought up that word multiple income streams. And then I immediately think of like, um, kind of our kind of leading up to our summer last year where I remember you were running around, you were teaching with different schools. You were trying to build a little private studio. Um, you started working with Nelson, doing a little recording, <laughs> picking up some little extra skills and then uh, working at Polio just like, you know, like kind of how was that? Like, you know, kind of post school you finished Um you kind of knew that you were going to be doing something with Camerata. You weren't sure yet. We can jump into that later. But kind of how was that like immediate reaction after like finishing school? You just did two years. You got a piece of paper and you're just like, uh, now what? <laughs> kind of. Dude, it was it was scary, honestly. Like I remember, you know, just, just growing up, you know, high, in high school and parents and people saying, yeah, you go to a good college. You're going to have a great job waiting for you when you get out, you know? And it's just, that's not the reality. You know, I graduated from Michigan and I was like terrified. I'm like, oh my God, I got to go back home. And like, I don't want to go back home and live with my parents. You know, I want to try and figure this out for one year at least. Right, got that right. from Gary V. He's like, tell your parents, you know what? <laughs> dude, I knew that was, dude, I knew that was just bad medicine. As soon as I started sending you those memes. 
<laughs> on Instagram because it would just be like, yo, like, have anybody seen Tommy? Like, I haven't seen him in like a week. Dude, like, he's just on his Gary V. He's just on his Gary V. <laughs> I love Dude, it, though. For real, I'd spend hours watching those videos, but I it was like, it. all right, I need to, I want to give myself one year to try and figure it out, see if I can, you know, stand on my own two feet. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but I want to give myself a year. So, for right out of the gate, I got that job at Polio, you know, the mm-hmm. restaurant job, flipping the salads and busting the tables or whatever. And um, <laughs> that was just kind of a wake up call, you know. I mean, but, you know, from there, you know, I was. Do you want to of- talk? Do you want to maybe do? I'm curious as to like what was kind of that wake up call for you? Because I feel like there's a lot of people, or excuse me, I take that back. I'm curious to know as what was like, what were the, what, what was it that made it a wake up call for you? I'd, I'd love to hear more about that. Oh man. Let's see if I can get into it. it was right. Just, you don't have to go like super crazy. Just, you know, I'm just, I'm just curious. There's completely different way of life than being stuck in the music school bubble, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, it's just so, so interesting. I mean, it's hard work, dude. It's really hard work on the body. Like I would, I do cardamom in the morning. Oh, right, dude. I, I forgot. I, I you were doing two hustles. Oh my God. My whole summer was literally just cardamom in the morning, polio at night. Um, what was it? 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then 3.30 p.m. to like 11 at night, just mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. in the restaurants. And it was like, dude, just a wake up call. And that, um, people work real hard. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it was like, I walked in, was like afraid to break a nail. And like, they were literally kind of laughing at me. Like, look at this kid, like college degree, like almost kind of like thinks he's too good for this, you know, almost. Mm -hmm. Right. They were kind of of like laughing at me, like in the beginning, like it's hard work, man. I don't know what you expected. Like work is hard. Yeah. Do you think I'm curious? Cause I mean, I don't know. It's just so interesting being on that other side. I know a lot of us have worked, you know, side hustles and side jobs, but like those restaurant jobs, like you quickly, you quickly realize like, Oh, like, yes, I should tip this person appropriately. Yes. I should like respond in the, like an actual like manner of a tone and like actually how to just treat it, just how to be a person. <laughs> Honestly, like I think that it just like, not, it just like um, a job like that will just humble you real quick. <laughs> I think that's just the best way to describe it. Um, and dude, I'm, I, I completely forgot you were working at um, <laughs> at Cardamom. It'd literally be, yo, man, Cardamom, 11, 11 to two thirty, Alio four to four to eleven. <laughs> oh my god! And I'd meet up with you guys after, yeah. like, pull on my my little chef jacket. <laughs> wow yeah you're right it's so humbling dude like like that will humble you real quick a restaurant job oh my goodness customers coming in like entitled like so entitled like (sighs) yeah we'll we'll seat you over here no 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 we want the booth it's like okay (laughs) like you see how people treat other people yeah all right karen (laughs) yeah exactly yep when they think they have like when you think you have you think they have some type of power over you it's like what like (laughs) but i mean that's a whole nother lane but do you think um and i love and how do you think that kind of like that realization and that motivation and kind of just like that different viewpoint kind of gave you i mean would you say that kind of fueled you into like all right like this is definitely what i don't want to do 
but I did get a lot of like perspectives out of that and kind of like I don't know how to describe it. Maybe maybe there's a way you could put it better and I could put off and I could jump off of it. Yeah, it was exactly it was like, okay, this is what I don't want to do, but I'm so glad I spent a summer kind of in this world, you know? Yeah. So much perspective, dude. Like you see people, they work these jobs and you know, they got ten plus kids, they're working this job and barely scraping by. It's like like damn, I'm so grateful I have this instrument, you know, and it's 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 a rude awakening, man. Yeah, and and I feel like a lot of that also comes from, and I take that back. I feel like part of that comes from just being in that music bubble. I think like once we kind of like actually stepped out of that for just even a few months, we were just like, oh, like okay, there actually is stuff moving around us. There actually is like things going on, like. Um, and maybe it was just like that interaction part of it. Cause I know for me as well, during as well as last summer, like as you were hopping over between both cardamom and polio and doing some horn stuff in between, like I was over at Tomacoon and then also, uh, trying to do the radio, make the radio thing happen. You know, oh, I think that right. was also another part of kind of just like, I don't know. I feel like we were both kind of in that same way. We were kind of just like, all right, like, yeah, like music's our thing, but like, how do we get out and like, get different experiences and perspectives, then bring those back together. Like, I think that's kind of like how that kind of conformed <laughs> a little bit. For sure. Oh, hundred percent. And now I think about like people who say, I want to take a gap year and like get perspective. I remember I used to think like down on them, like you're a fool, like you're going to get behind, you know, yeah. you're gonna get behind. And now after kind of being out of school and getting perspective, what it's like in the real world, it's, like, no, that's actually really smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really right. smart, actually. I'd have a yeah. completely different worldview going through music school, you know, yeah. if I did do that. Yeah. So coming off of that crazy summer, um, I mean, I can't remember. You didn't go back to Cali, did you? No. Not yet. No. Not yeah, yet. Not it was yet. kind of just like you put your two weeks in at polio and you were like, all right, camarada, let's get to work. <laughs> yeah dude i was almost like plotting my escape it was like okay i have these two jobs <laughs> i have these two jobs you know? just like 50 more salads <laughs> 20 more pizzas divided by three days <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness dude it was so bad like my arms like my forearms were just always in pain dude my back i was like permanently slouched over like this it was just oh it's such brutal work I remember like plotting my escape. Okay, if I can get two students, I can quit this job. If I can get two students and one more teaching gig, I can quit this job and I'll be fine. And so that was like my goal. And I, I love that. Can you can you can you uh, chop that up even more? Like kind of that mentality of like, all right, like because it kind of goes back. It's like, all right, we're at the restaurant. This blows. But yeah. how can I set myself up to like? get out of it. And you're like, okay, I know I need to get these, this many amount of horn students. I'm going to charge this amount. Can you maybe talk a little bit about, about like building that, building that small private studio and then kind of how that built into like your connections with the school district um, mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, how that, how that went basically how you got yourself out of that, um, that restaurant work and back and back on the music track. Cause after you realize you're like, all right, this is not the lane I'm going back music. And how can we put these pieces together? Man, I, I hustle, dude. Honestly, I mean, like 
the work is not going to come to you. You have to, you have to kind of work for it. I submitted my resume and I sent an email to every school in Ann Arbor and every school in like the Plymouth area. Mm-hmm. And I got two bites mm-hmm. and that was, you know, it took a lot of work, you know, coming up with emails and also trying to find a connection to each school. Right. Like, the school I did get, I was lucky enough to have a connection and like a reference. Elliot, you know, he worked at Plymouth Canton. He's like, dude, just drop my name, say, you know, I, I pointed you to this direction and think I'd be a good fit. And that was what did it. He's like, oh, Elliot recommended you for sure. You like come on board. Right. And um, yeah, just leveraging those connections, man, you have them, you know, like kind of like the recording thing with Nelson. Like now we're, we've worked together on a few other things besides that gig, you know, he's going to do some things for Camerata and love it, you know? Yeah. And I'm, you know, working with his girlfriend to do a performance of Camerata. like it all, I'm just sort of, you know, picking at the connections that I have. Um, right. And I think that's, I think that's huge. Um, and yeah, I mean, your network, our network, that, I mean, that's, that's what you got. Like, that's how you really, really kind of, um, not going to say get through, but that's how kind of opportunities come up, you know, like you have your network an opportunity comes up. Are you prepared and you're ready? And boom, that's it. You know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. but I, I mean, yeah. I, and Tommy, you definitely, <laughs> I mean, I've told you before, you were definitely hustling. Like I remember <laughs> you're like, yo, man, you're like, yo, I'm going to make a little, did- I'm going to make a little diddly dad and I'm just going to send it to every personal manager. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Do it. Like, oh, who else yeah, is going to do it? Like just put yourself out there, man. Like, that's just how that's just how it is. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. That was another thing. I literally every personnel manager in the area, like you know, I and I'd go to their website, like watch some of their videos, read a little bit about the organ. Like, I'd love to be a part of your group. You know, make it personal, and you know, definitely got to put in a little bit of work. You can't expect things to come to you, right? You know, there are a lot of us out there, a lot of musicians, and. You know, very few positions open. How are you going to set yourself apart? And, you know, um, put in that, that little bit of effort will go a long way. Yeah, definitely. And going into that, um, Camerata, I mean, among all the hustle, among all the teaching, you also kind of got, how should I describe this? You got an opportunity, like I just said, an opportunity was brought up. You were prepared, you were ready, an opportunity was brought up, and taking over as the director of Camrata was brought up to your attention. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How? What was kind of going through your head with that? And kind of, I mean, we, we all know how, well, I wouldn't say we all, but maybe you could explain to how that got brought up to you, kind of a little bit about Camrata, and then kind of how you have been cultivating kind of this new vision for, for it. Man, it's it's so funny. It's all tied together. I remember <laughs> I got Camerata at the end of my the end of my last year at Michigan, and that was like, okay, I have this little thing that maybe I could make really, really great. Um, and I was thinking about what Camerata was, what they did, you know, performing in churches, uh, maybe three, four times a year at the most, and I'm like, okay, I could take this over and it just didn't seem interesting to me you know I didn't really want to do that (laughs) 
and it was, and I see how some of these conductors are so passionate about, you know, the, the Mozart symphonies and the, I just didn't feel the same way about it. And I wasn't going to fool myself either. I'm like, I'm not going to fool myself. Like, I'm not going to pretend that I'm super passionate about this. I'm not, I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not, it's not what I love at the end of the day. What I love at the end of the day is community and people. That's what it is. And, um, you know, working at Polio, I was thinking like, oh yeah, like I'd love to invite some of these people to Camerata concerts. I'm like, I don't, there's some, there's a disconnect, you know, there's a disconnect. You go to these concerts and it's just old white people <laughs> in, church, <laughs> Facts. in a church, dude. I'm like, yeah. that's not for everybody. It's really not. Like, how can we make art, classical music more accessible to people, more enjoyable, honestly? Mm-hmm. You know, even these Camerata concerts, we'd show up, no talking to the audience, no, and you know, it has its place for sure, traditional orchestras and whatnot, right. but it's not not what I wanted to do. And so that whole summer, I remember flipping salads, just kind of thinking about where I wanted to go with it and just like <laughs> letting ideas flow and chopping it up with you and Jabari, of course, all the time about, you know, classical music and whatnot. And then the, the camarada kind of came about, like I wanted to be more community centered you know, playing for people in a church is not community centered, despite what the mission said. It's not mm-hmm. kind of like what we've, t- we've talked about before, like taking an orchestra to an elementary school that's, you know, not as well off. Like, what does that do? Right. Like, that's, n- that's not really doing anything. Like, we ain't cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I think, yeah. And I think a lot of our brainstorming or a lot of our, what we call it, chopping it up or just talking, I think a lot of it really got, started getting accelerated like this past year. Like, you know, we were kind of just like, all right, like let's go to DSO concerts. Let's try and like find other outlets. Like, let's see what's, what's going on in Ann Arbor. Is there some like band playing? Like who can we meet? Like who can we meet? Who's not in music, who's not in the music school, but that's like related to us. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously going to Sphinx con was huge that i think that was kind of like all right now it's like all right now now i get it <laughs> oh my god just eye-opening like look at all the uh, people are doing right exactly it's so so outside of the box is amazing right going to dso how every time we pulled up and we're like oh my god like i actually feel like i actually want to be here like people are just showing up themselves and we're listening to some good music oh yeah dso man such a great atmosphere you know, some people want to dress up. That's cool. Some people want to roll up in jeans and a mm-hmm. t-shirt. That's cool too. Right. Like, and I, I just, I, I just think it. the DSO, maybe I'm just being biased because they're our backyard orchestra at the moment. And cause I get their emails every day, but I feel like they're one of the more forward, current forward thinking and been forward thinking orchestras and most relatable to their community. I mean, they've got, <clears throat> they've got the cube They've got the brand new, they've got, um, I can't even say his name, Benjmani, <laughs> new, new conductor. Um, yeah. I mean, they're just really always just community embedded with everything they do. And even through this, I mean, I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but even through this whole kind of COVID time, they're just pumping out just just content, pumping out things, just trying to stay and just trying to adapt. And that's what I really love about DSO. But going back, yes, DSO, great example, terrible example not going to mention what they're going to say because i don't feel like editing it out earlier but like 
dude, that concert we went to here in Ann Arbor, we just we walked in immediately, and we were just like stuffy. <laughs> I think that was another trigger. That was another was like my shirt. <laughs> dude, that was another moment where I think we were just like, all right, we 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 hit the threshold. We don't want to like this is not what we want to be a part of. And on top of that, we had to sit through. I mean, it was a great performance. It was a great orchestra, but you know. <laughs> Dude, Cam, what's so cool is like, I feel like I've kind of gone, (laughs) like, I don't know. I don't know where you've been at, but I feel like I was kind of realizing this, like, along your side, too. Like, we both walked into that hall that day and we're like, something's not right here. Yeah. Something just feels weird. Like, this (laughs) is not what I want to be, not what I want to do. It's just, I don't know. It's not good. Right. Weird feeling. Stuffy. Stuffy. That was the perfect. Yeah, very, very stuffy. (laughs) So, I mean, and going forward, man, um, back with Camrata and kind of this idea of community. um, I mean, it took you some time to kind of like Wrigley, like kind of figure out. um, And I'm even curious as to kind of like what was I know, like, for example, like I know where you're at now. We've got we've got the doorstep serenade, which we're going to talk about. We've got out in the open that's that we're going to talk about. And also, I love that you're you're building up um, you're building up staff members, which I which I just love <laughs> of people who actually want to be involved and that bring different perspectives and different skills to Camrata. Um, but kind of what was kind of I mean, this wasn't just like a, a thing that kind of you're like, oh, I'm just going to do this right now. But you've been, you've been you've been brainstorming this for a while, and I'm kind of curious as to what was kind of that thought process, or maybe kind of what was going through your head with Camrata, kind of from like all right, I've got presented this opportunity. I know what it was before. I know what it doesn't want to be. This is my vision. Kind of like what was like the breakdown of kind of that. And then obviously we ended up in the ARB and you presented me with the grand old idea. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. It's It was that summer, man, of working at Polio and Cardamom and just feeling that social, almost class divide like mm-hmm. I want to be a classical musician, but it's not who I am. It's like, okay, but I'm not going to be something I'm not. And so I want to turn Camerata into something that I am. I want to do performances and showcase art in places that I feel comfortable. And for people who would also feel uncomfortable in traditional settings, you know, like, We'd always be hanging out in coffee shops or, you know, downtown bars and pubs or whatever. And I'm like, this is where I feel comfortable, you know, just walking around the town, dress however I want. Like, why don't we do performances here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of how it all began. Yeah. Like, why don't I do a performance at the Polio Rooftop? That would be cool. <laughs> yeah. You know? Kind of with the homies, like, what's up, guys? <laughs> like, hey, this is for you. You know, this is this performance is for you that that kind of idea and that's that's sort of the foundation of you know how of where i wanted to build from right and i and i love that because i also think well i don't think i know we both come from that same type of energy where like we just like being around people (laughs) and like interacting and getting to know people and like finding that connection whether it be music sports science whatever news but like you know like i'm always down to just find what that connection is that i can relate to with a new person and mm-hmm. i think um the best way to describe like 
kind of like what you're doing now is kind of this term that was kind of brought up to me a few weeks ago. Have you ever heard of it? I think I, I mentioned to you, it's called creative placemaking. Creative placemaking. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, it's like a nonprofit buzzword, mm-hmm. but um, I'll just read it verbatim from uh, Artipedia, but it perfectly describes um, kind of basically doorstep serenades, but creative placemaking can be used by communities to engage residents locally to enhance public space and contribute to healthy, or excuse me, enhance public spaces and contribute to a healthy, sustainable community. It's strategy to improve community well-being and prosperity while also fostering conditions for cities to define, draw attention, and to distinguish themselves on a global scale. And like, as soon as that word was brought up to me, I was like, that's Tommy and Cameron. That's like, that is, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. So yeah, creative placemaking. That was kind of that's that's the buzz term. Here, I can send mm. it to you. Yeah, send it over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that a lot. And yeah, dude, it was kind of realizing, okay, with this idea, I'm kind of out of the box a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then from there it was like, why is there a box? Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there there isn't gotta be no box. Exactly. Like, none at all. Like being flexible, I think is the, is a pretty cool model. Mm-hmm. Yes. We perform at, you know, these bars and coffee shops, but we also do schools. We also do, you know, for people who are incarcerated, it's like, why is there gotta be, you know, I'm going to cast a wide net. Right. Right. Catches. And it kind of all catches, honestly, because it's so different. Right. And then I think. I mean, going forward, I knew, I can't remember, was, was there something in the works before Doorstep Serenade happened? Because I know we had COVID, but was there something in the works mm. before? Oh, yeah, dude. We had, so the first thing was the ARB performance. Right. The, oh, yeah. let, dude, let's talk about <laughs> that, dude. Let's talk about just like shoot and shot and like, you know, that's their loss. But yeah, I, yeah. I want to hear about, yeah, I forgot. I forgot about the ARB. Yeah, they're L, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. So it kind of started with the location. Like, okay, the R would be a cool place for a performance. And then it's sort of, okay, how can we go even further than that? What if we did, you know, sounds of nature, like nature-inspired music, like some messian? And then what about some bird call-inspired music, you know? Um, Have feature woodwind instruments and have them scattered throughout the ARB perform bird call inspired music whilst when spring comes kind of playing with the birds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, we'd have the players um, play at different times. Right. And have the audience kind of, Oh, you hear that? Like, let's go over there. Yeah. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, Oh, what's over there? It's a clarinet. Let's go over there. And then have two playing at the same time. So it'll sound like two birds singing to each other. Yep. (laughs) You know, it it was just kind of a really cool idea. And, people could come because they heard about the Venn or you could be just a normal person hiking the arb and enjoy this experience. Right. I love it. I remember that. I remember you like calling me like, yo man, like I'm looking for some music that has to, <laughs> like, some nature inspired music. Can you help? I'm like, ah, like, let me see. Let me see. I do remember that. And yeah. so, Oh man, it was cool. Um, we were going to feature Virago, you know, the local, um, mm-hmm artists in Ann Arbor and it, it was just going to be a cool thing, but they, they ended up, you know, double booking themselves and 
Right. But I think that even shows more of just you and kind of like your tenacity. You're like, all right, like I had this great idea. I think it's going to work. And then it just gets shut down. But you're like, all right, like whatever, they're lost, move forward. So like moving forward, you're kind of like, all right, I'm going to try and find other other avenues to uh, kind of keep Camarada going. Because I think you were also you were also just meeting people as well. Right. You were just trying to like get out, just find like community members and just try to figure out like. What would you want to see from Camrod or like, what is something that didn't work before? Or like, you know, like what's something I could change? Um, mm-hmm. That was also in the works as well, right? Totally. I was trying to meet as many people as I could in the community, you know, buying people coffee and <laughs> stuff like that. Just chopping it up. What, yeah. What do you want to see from Camrod or what do you want to see from the arts? What, who are people, other people I can talk to, you know, I just want to know your perspective as a citizen of Ann Arbor. How can right. we, up our game, you know, from right. our art. So that huge, huge, huge. Right. And kind of with all those collective ideas that kind of just bumbled up and, you know, trying to make concerts happen, make events happen. Some did and some get canceled meeting people. Um, I remember you were trying to apply for some grants that didn't work out as well, whatever they're lost. Right. But mm-hmm. then we have doorstep serenade, Man. the hottest thing going. <laughs> man i love it i love it i That's literally so just funny. like i just remember like yo let's 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 because i think this was i mean whatever i think we were still under executive order but we were like let's get outside because we've been inside for five weeks and we've had no human contact let's go to the arb and mm-hmm. i just remember sitting down on the bench and you're like dude i think i've got it i was like all right <laughs> doorstep serenades <laughs> you want to talk a little bit about doorstep absolutely dude so leading up to doorstep it just it felt like it was l after l after l all year like didn't get the excel grant did you know the um the bar the arb getting canceled the we had a bar crawl all lined up and then covid happened it was like oh my gosh and now covid it's like we like that's it and mm-hmm. so I was kind of mm-hmm. like depressed for a week, you know, in my, in my thoughts, you know, and it's like, okay, maybe, maybe we can, you know, figure something out here. And that kind of led to, you know, just brainstorming ideas. Who's really hurting right now? Who could use some music, maybe like a virtual music. Who's really hurting right now? It's like, okay. And, um, dude, it was just, it was a really cool, I don't know how it came to me. You know, in high school, I remember my mom, it was like my junior or senior year. She's like, you got to do some volunteer work at these um, old folks' homes. You know, you got to have volunteer work on your resume. And so I would take my horn and go to old folks' homes once a week and just play acapella. Just mm-hmm. things they would recognize. And um, I was kind of thinking back to that. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I could, we can start building up our outreach branch. Mm. And mm-hmm. then it kind of hit me. All right, doorstep serenades. I was looking at the executive order. We can do performances as long as it doesn't draw a crowd, if people are wearing masks, and if people are socially distanced. I was like, okay, doorstep serenades. <laughs> you can have two musicians at a time, six feet apart, mm-hmm. right? And um, have the residents listen from their windows. It's not drawing a crowd. It's Musicians will be socially distanced. And so I called up the health department, Washtenaw Health Department. I was like, <laughs> would this be allowed, this kind of thing? 
It's like, yeah, well, it doesn't seem to be violating these three things. So yeah. And it's, you know, first amendment, you have a right to um, express yourself free speech. And this wow. is this kind of is in line with the first amendment. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, great. And that <laughs> day I called like eight facilities. Right. And, and can you, yeah. And can you also just like specifically with doorstep, you, 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 you pinpointed a specific community within, in, uh, within Ann Arbor. Yes. And dude, I just kind of, it all lined up, you know, we had hardly any money in the bank. I'm like, okay, so really I only could hire like four people right now. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. small performances would work out. Um, sorry, what was your question? <laughs> uh, no, you're good. Uh, I was saying you specifically identified a specific community within Ann Arbor, which was, um, older, older, um, lack of words, older folk or older people who are in assistant living homes where literally they have zero contact with anyone at the moment or during that time. And maybe probably still currently, I would assume. Exactly. And I really think people, what I learned from high school playing at these old folks homes is that people feel really good when they're doing acts of service. You know, it's, it's so good for the soul. And as a person to do acts of service. I'm like, this is like the perfect trifecta of getting people performing, paying musicians during the pandemic where everyone's struggling right now. Right. Right. But also serving this portion of the community who is, you know, just kind of forgot about they're in these facilities, but I want to communicate like, listen, you're still a part of Ann Arbor. You're still valued. You're still important. You know, you're, you're important. And so that's, I'm like, this is, this could be really good. And it has so, been. It's been more than really good. You've done how many performances so far? Close to 10 now. Close to 10, and you still, you've still got more going through through the fall. Yeah, exactly. Still more coming. Um, I remember initially the, all of the facilities, that's kind of when I knew, when I called up every facility, and they're like, wow, this is a really fantastic idea. I'm like, all right, I might have something here. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got two bites initially. And then from there, I reached out back to the other facilities who said no at first. And I was like, here's a video from the first performances that we did. Here's what you're missing. Here's what you're missing. Everybody's safe. The almost positive feedback from every resident that they loved it. They missed seeing people. Cause you know, the people in these facilities, their families aren't allowed because of COVID, right? They're, cut off from family and friends and they're just kind of isolated in their rooms. So it's like, it was so nice to see people so nice to hear live music again. So it was just, it's just a great thing that we were able to kind of figure out in, in COVID exercising those creative muscles, man. Yeah. I love it. I really do. And just to jump in off of that or off of that, just like being someone who was a performer with doorstep serenades, I can definitely attest that, it's yeah, it's, it's one, it's the, I'm not going to say like, it's the best thing going, but it's just like, it's such a unique idea that has developed into something that's really impactful. And that's something that's not only relevant, but that is also something that's relatable. And that can always something that can um, be brought back. Cause it's not like we're just going once and leaving. No, this is, this is community building and <laughs> we're building a relationship between those older folks at assistant living facility and camarada and the musicians and, We'll see what kind of that develops into. And I think it has blossomed into more ideas, right? Um, totally. Kind of this new, um, I wouldn't call it a series, but kind of a new um, 
Maybe we'll be called a series. What would we call it? A new series. Yeah. New, new performance uh, series. New performance series. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be in the open is what we're calling it. Um, so really we can't do any indoor performances for COVID. So I'm like, okay. And we're only going to have nice weather for so long. So let's just do an outdoor series um, and be flexible within that. So I was thinking, okay, what can we call this thing? You know, I literally went to thesaurus and was like, outdoor. <laughs> if I can come up with anything good. And then in the open, I was like, oh, I kind of like that. Yeah. I was like, in the open, that's catchy. And then open, you know, that's such a such an interesting word. Open, it could mean so many things. Open-minded, to be open-minded, to be open to a new way of doing things, to be, um, you know, open instead of closed, like inclusive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, open to ideas, open to different perspectives. It's, that's kind of where it came from. And, um, and it's outside, obviously. Right. Right. But, so that would be kind of almost, and I mean, it would be kind of similar to doorstep, except now we're, we're branching out away from the assistant living facilities. Is that what it is? And we're kind of, fo- what areas are we going to be focused towards now? Exactly. <clears throat> so places in the community where you wouldn't normally find it. So my first thing, dude, we've been going to that Carytown Sweetwaters. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Like it's so dude. funny how that literally just became like the third place for this whole, like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I don't even want to call it a summer. Like we didn't even have a summer, but just like this period between March and whatever today, it's just like, all right, that's the hub. Like that's where we're going to meet. <laughs> if we want to chop up or just get outside or we need to like find somewhere to go, like that's the hub. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it was perfect. It was like not a lot of people are coming through there. It was kind of hidden mm-hmm. in that little corner by the lunchroom. It's like, oh, this this is the spot. It's like all shaded and everything. Yep. Good. And then, you know, we started to see the farmer's market pop up on the weekends. I'm like, oh, I guess the farmer's market's back. That might be a cool place for a performance, you know. And so just kind of literally I'm trying to stitch the camarada into the fabric of the community, like one performance at a time. You know, so like the Cary Town Farmers Market, here's here's a stitch, you know. Love West it. Park, here's a stitch. Love it. Like, oh yeah. yeah. I forgot. We were at Cary T- or we were at Sweetwaters and then we were like, dude, let's let's I was like, dude, let's I have to let's go to West Park. I just want to show you this amphitheater that I just keep seeing and like I I, I every time I come to this park, I'm just like, why is there nothing happening here? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like you you plant a lot of the seeds in my head, honestly, dude. Like Let's put hula hoops down, you know? <laughs> here. Why cut, not? cut the bark. What are we doing? Cut the bark. <laughs> Dude, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just like, I mean, you know, like my, my, I'm just always, my gears are just always going. I'm like, I'm always trying to think of some like creative thing or how we can like take down a barrier or build something new or like how to make something relevant. Like, yeah, and I feel like that motivation has even happened even more just over the summer and the pandemic and just realizing that, I mean, I'll probably cut this out. But to jump back so we can kind of wrap it up, um, dude, like I said, I mean, Camarada, you're doing great things with it and I love it. And um, I also just wanted to quickly highlight um, – you just kind of building new members as well, staff members. Oh, Can yeah. you, uh, you want to ch- uh, ch- chat about that for a minute and then we could kind of wrap it up. Absolutely, dude. So it was my, my buddy, Nick, actually. Um, I remember being like nervous, like, I don't know if I want to do this camarada thing. Like 
literally programming. Yeah, I mean, it's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility. I'm like, I don't know if I'm up for it, you know? And he's like, dude, I, you really need to just do it. Like he straight up said, like, I believe in you, man. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like make, make fundraising your goal. Like, I think you could turn camera into something really awesome. So I was like, wow, that's for someone to say that to me that, I mean, I know he's not bullshitting me, you know? And so, uh, I remember kind of pitching him my ideas to like very just abstract, like, yeah, I could see us performing at facilities. I could see us performing in bars, like just spitting ideas, like just mm-hmm. no, so unorganized in such an or- unorganized way. And from there we kind of found a, a vision together and then I'm just like, dude, just join the team. Yeah. Like <laughs> join the team. And then from there, as you know, the, what we want it to be, I kind of realized we need more people on the team. You know, I'm not a grant writer. I'm not great at any of that stuff. And um, again, using the connections that I made over the course of my studies at Michigan, Ellie, who um, so amazing um, and so awesome to work with. I remember her being in the studio. She's a horn player. Mm-hmm. You know, just literally doing stand-up routines in studio class. like <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and she, um, you know, does marketing with UMS and all that. I'm like, she would be awesome to have on the team. Mm-hmm. And so, and then um, Daniel Kumapai, I remember I met him. I didn't meet him at Sphinx, but we kind of talked about it at Sphinx. He's like, yeah, man, I want to know about Camerad and what you're doing with it. Um I'm interested in starting my own nonprofit, you know, and um, uplifting voices of Nigerian composers and Nigerian music. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's that's really interesting. And um, fast forward a couple months, I'm like, I need help with marketing and, you know, on social media platforms. Like the Instagram was terrible before he took it over. So <laughs> every couple of weeks, I'd drop a video. Like, I just have no idea what I'm doing. And he, he joined the team and he's been amazing so far. Like wow. the likes on the page have gone up. He has a, this man came in with a calendar of what he's going to be posting Love like, it. from Love now it. to the end of August. I'm like, oh, like I needed this team, dude, you know? Right. Right. And I love how you're just getting just like different people with multiple skills and different skills and it just goes back to kind of that networking community. It's like, it's kind of crazy. You'll be surprised. Like who will want, who wants to help you or like who wants to be a part of the project, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, 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 um, it's always surprising seeing who the people who actually get behind what you're trying to do. Cause that, because when you look back, you're like, wow, like those wouldn't haven't even been, those wouldn't even been the first round picks. (laughs) It's kind of funny. And then I think that goes back to what we were saying or what I said earlier, just like, I was just in those 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 blinders, and I, I and like I felt like I saw through them, but I was just like, like I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's definitely yeah. a conversation for another day. But I know you know where I'm coming from. <laughs> I know exactly where you're coming from. Like even I remember auditioning for grad schools. Like deep down, I kind of knew uh, I don't think I want to be an orchestral player, but it seems to be the the move that everyone's doing. I should probably go to grad school. Right, that should be the next logical step instead of like really listening to the gut and yeah, dude, that's, it's really, yeah, I mean, but it all comes full circle and like, we're here now, like it's August. 
obviously we're all in some type of hybrid mode or remote, <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's like, if you would have told us we'd be, if you told us in February or in March, when we watch Rudy Gobert shut down the NBA, like this is where we'd be <laughs> in August, I would have been like, nah, bro, like we'll be good. Like we're gonna have a summer starting, in, but like, I don't know. It's everything happens for a reason and it's kind of crazy. This is where we're at, but I'm excited to move forward because I know not only are you and I, but all of our homies, we're leveling up despite, and I love that we're making, it's make, we're making something out of this time. Mm-hmm. And I also love that what we are creating as artists and kind of the way we're going, it's not just we're creating for ourselves. We're creating for this collective this collective cohort, because it's, it's about all of us now. It's about, if we're really trying to make change, if we're really trying to make a difference with this, with this unprecedented window that we have of going on in the world and in the United States, it's like, now's the time. It's not going to end next week. It's not going to end at the end of the year. Like this is like a full-time commitment, you know? So that's kind of the, the route that I feel like I'm going to be going towards. And I, and I know you and a lot of other people are as well. So I'm excited for that. Amen, man. You so. couldn't have said it better myself. That's yeah, right on the money, dude. Where can we find about about Camrata? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. So our website. How can we contact you? How can how can I get your contact? LinkedIn, Facebook. I want all that, dude. I'll just give you my phone number, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, straight up though, on the Camerata website, www.arnarborcamerata.org, where it has my email. And my phone number, my personal phone number. If people want to talk about the arts, want to talk about community engagement, you know, how I can make Ann Arbor an even better place, keep leveling up, maybe shoot me a text, give me a call. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on all the socials. Ann Arbor Camarada's on all the socials. Um, yeah, hit me up for sure. Always down to have conversations like this, as we do. Yep. Weekly, almost. Yep. (laughs) So, I love it. All right. Well, that's it. (laughs) All right, man. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so...